Good morning, everybody. How we doing on this New Year's Eve? I'm doing just fine. Doing just fine. Uh, find your place in Philippians chapter 3. Uh, we're going to read verse 12 to 14 there in Philippians chapter 3 when we get there. But we're going to open in prayer this morning and get started. Father, we thank you for your grace this morning, for your mercy, for your patience with us, Father God, for your ever-loving kindness towards us, Father. We praise you and we honor you in this place this morning and we, we open ourselves to you. We expect to receive from you. We come ready to hear what you have to say, Father, that we know that your word is truth, that it is the lamp to our path, Father God, the light of our life, that we look to it for all things, for revelation, for knowledge, for wisdom, for everything that we need, Father. And we come to you with open hands and an open heart to receive whatever it is you have for us this day as we head into the new year. And we thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Um, I'm going to continue talking about, um, I've been on the road, sort of, uh, talking about self-examination. Um, and it seemed particularly fitting today to talk about looking forward, uh, looking ahead, um, because lot, many times as believers, we, get, we can get fixated on things that are behind us um, for a number of reasons, uh, whether that be success or failure, uh, either way, um, people get fixated on things that are behind. But as believers, we should always be looking ahead uh, because we're never, we're never living off of yesterday's anything as a believer, um, whether that be a victory or a defeat, it doesn't matter. The next thing is ahead of us. And so it doesn't do us well to continually look behind. Um, we can examine the things that are behind, learn from it. Uh, specifically, you know, in the Old Testament, it talks about God, God instructing the Israelites to build memorials, which of course is backwards looking, but it's backwards looking at all the things God has done for you as a remembrance to propel you forward in what's to come, not to continually fixate on those things and, and never leave them alone. Like, oh, we're, we're camping in the past because the good old days and all those, all those phrases that people use, well, that's, it's fine to look back on good times, but look forward and realize that the best times are ahead if we're approaching things correctly and doing the things that God has directed us to do, that the best lies ahead. It doesn't matter what part of your life is behind you or what is behind you. It's there's always better ahead with God. Um, and that's the thing we have to remember as believers because we're constantly tempted one way or another to look over our shoulder at what's behind us. Um, and the enemy in our flesh are the main causes of that, of course. Um, and we're going to get into some of that this morning, but, um, the thing we have to remember is that there is no, there is no staying where you are, when, spiritually speaking. It's not, you can't tread water spiritually because you think, well, right where I'm at is good. I'm, I'm happy here. That's fine, but you're not going to stay there. If you attempt to tread water and maintain because we've become complacent, you won't maintain. You will lose ground uh, because... It's the best, the best way to consider life is as a flowing stream. If you stop moving forward, that's, that's a thing, but the stream is driving you in the direction that the stream is driving you. And in our case, that's backwards. If you're not pushing forward, you're not going forward. If you've decided to stop moving forward and think, well, where I'm at, I'm happy where I'm at. That's, that's fine for a season, but you've also got to realize that if you keep that way, you will be moving backwards because the stream will drive you backwards. 
There is momentum to consider. There is no staying where you are. God, God did not design us and set things in front of us to stay in one spot. He is constantly moving, always. He's always moving. And if we want to do what he has for us to do, we need to always be moving where he directs us. Because he will, even if he tells you to stay in a place, you will have things to do in that place. It won't be a time of, of folding your hands and sitting still. No, God is always active. There are always things to do. We have but to ask and be ready to hear in order to do those things. Because that's a lot of times what believers do is they ask with no intention of hearing. <laughs> they say, I'm going to ask because I want to put on a good show of being interested in hearing, but I have no intention of hearing or doing if I do hear anything. <laughs> Lots of believers live their lives that way. I'm happy with the way things are, and I don't want to rock the boat. Well, it's, it's not, that's not the way God operates. There's always better things ahead. Always better things ahead. So here in Philippians 3, Paul's talking, and he says, Not that I have already attained, or am already perfected, but I press on, that I may lay hold of that for which Christ Jesus has also laid hold of me. Brethren, I do not count myself to have apprehended, but one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward to those things which are ahead. I press, press towards the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Um, if I can have, just slam all three verses up there at the same time, that'd be great. So Paul says here, not that I have attained. He mentions a few things that we want to look at in terms of not getting fixated on the things in the past. Not that I have attained. We've talked about this in a few different forms, um, but it mentions it, and you can write down Romans 12, 13. It specifically mentions it in Romans 12, 13, not to think more highly of ourselves than we ought to. Because one of the, one of the reasons why people can get fixated on the past is because they think they've arrived. I've, I've made it. I've got it. We did it. Cue the chorus. It's complete. But that's never the case with God. You may, have, you may have reached a precipice with God. You may have succeeded and reached a peak. But guess what? There's another mountain right up there that needs climbing, that needs defeating. There are giants that need slaying. There are things that need to be, do, need to be done. So our success, while good, it's a good thing to succeed. We should be happy to succeed and glad. But we don't sit in the success and go, well, that's it. No, that's not it. But many believers do that. Well, I've received my healing. That's it. No. Do you want to maintain the health? Do you, do you want to stay in that? Then there are things that need to be done that we need to move forward. Well, I've received the prosperity that I needed, whether relational, whether you know, emotional, whether money. Well, it doesn't matter. I've received it. I'm good. Are you? Are you happy right there? Or can you, can you have vision enough to see more ahead? And realize that while I have received this thing, there's something else to attain ahead. And that's what we have to do as believers is realize that I may have succeeded and glory to God that I did. Because I'm sure he had a heavy hand in it. But he has something else ahead for me. And I need to press forward and not keep my eyes behind me and glory in that success. Because that success is temporary, just like everything else down here. It's temporal. And I must, I have a goal down here, and that goal is to push the kingdom. Spread the gospel of the good news of Jesus Christ. Well, you can't do that sitting around a fire glorying in your victory. 
That's not spreading the gospel. Spreading the gospel is moving forward to the next thing, the next task that God puts before me. He's a general, we're a soldier. He gives us the orders and we get to obey. We get to follow the orders and have further success. You don't, you don't ever see any successful military campaigns where they stop. We storm the beaches at Omaha. We go, we did it, guys, and they just stay on the beach. Well, that would have been a very unsuccessful military campaign if they just sat on the beach and meant, man, we did it. I mean, that's not, that's not the goal. The goal is to push further and move forward. And even at the end of the war, when the enemy was defeated that we laid out, there was still more to do. You couldn't just sit. People had to be restored. Lives had to be restored. Things had to be fixed. There was lots of work to be done. And we always have that to do spiritually. There's always more to be done. And it shouldn't be disheartening to hear that. Well, I just won. Can I take a break? That's your flesh. That's your flesh speaking. That's your flesh. We just, you just have to look at ourselves hard enough to realize that. That that's always the flesh. Man, I did it. Time to take a break. Why? Why? Why stop? Why stop? Why not push forward? Use the momentum. Move ahead. Move forward to the next thing. Go, God, this was amazing. We won. What's next? What's next? Where do I go next? That's what we have to do. You can't ever sit in those successes, spiritually or physically. If you want to continue to press forward, you've got to move. You've got to press ahead. Sitting and being happy with where you're at is a quick way to lose what you have. Works that way. And when you work out, if you got all those big muscles. Guess what you can't do? Well, I'm going to take a month. I'm going to take a month off. I did it. I lost all that weight. I look the way that I want to. Time to take a break. Well, what happens when you take a break? All the muscles go away. Because it takes work. It takes work to continue to press forward. Forgetting those things that lie behind. And I already mentioned good and bad. There are good and bad things that are behind that we must forget. And not forget as in purge from your memory, but just forget as in something to focus on. They're not worth focusing on. What's ahead of me is what must be focused on. The next thing is where I have to put my attention. Not on those things behind me. You see, you see this happen a lot of times in sports. Or warfare, if, you, if you're a historical warfare buff. Where there's a massive victory. Just, just out and out victory. And then the very next thing is a humiliating defeat. Why? Why, did, why does that happen? Because the one who won is too fixated on that victory to go, I've got another battle coming up. I've got another battle coming up. And guess what? This victory has no bearing on this battle coming up. It has nothing to do with this next battle. This next battle is a completely different battle. This is a completely different thing coming up. Because if we treat this one like I just did this one, we're going to have a problem. And that's illustrated time and time and time again in the Word of God. You read through Israel's history both with Joshua and David, and that is a repeated theme where they approach this battle like that battle and just get absolutely spanked. I mean, they just, they just get lit up. 
happened, happened after their first step into the promised land. Right after Jericho, massive victory in Jericho. And what was the thought? This little city up on this hill, we're going to go up there and just roll right over it. Why? Because we just beat this big old city back here. These guys didn't stand a chance. We're going to go up here and these guys are going to be... And what happened? They got chased back to where they came from. Beat. Humiliating. Humiliating. Why? Because they didn't treat it like something new and go to the one who was directing them in the first place. And we've talked about that repeatedly. Because it wasn't that they couldn't beat those guys. It's that there was a problem in the camp that nobody stopped to think, hey, maybe we ought to check and make sure everything's okay before we go fight another fight. Because God could have stopped. God could have prevented that defeat. Because he could have told them just as easily as after. He could have told them before and said, hey, you got a problem in the camp that we need to take care of before we move on. But nobody thought to check. Everybody thought, piece of cake. We just kicked those guys' butts. We're going to go kick these guys. No. No. Why? Looking back. Looking back instead of looking forward. Considering weighing this thing back here when in consideration of what's ahead. You can't do that. Not as a believer. Not if we want to succeed. Why? Because the Bible tells us, and we've been over this, you must always go to him in all things and ask. You have to go and talk to God and say, God, what do I do now? Because just because the situations look similar doesn't mean they're going to be treated similar. Just because you believed God off of, of uh, 2 Peter 2.24 to receive your healing last time doesn't mean that's going to be the verse that he tells you to use next time. That just because you did it doesn't mean you're going to do it again the same way. But too many times believers look at the past and think, well, I'm just going to use that as a roadmap. Who said? Who said you should do that? Do we go to God and consider him and say, God, God, what, what about this? What about this situation? Because we have that example in the Old Testament, too. David did that repeatedly. Yeah. Battles look almost exactly the same. Just another foe. Why not treat it exactly the same? No. Go get the ephod, put it on, and go consult with the Lord and ask. Why? Because even if it looks the same, it's not the same. It does us well to look forward and not look back. Because even the successes can provide overconfidence. We see it in sports all the time, too. Tough fight, tough game against the against what's supposed to be a hard opponent and you win handily, and then the next week the guys that are supposed to be the easy win come out and run you all around the field. Why? Because they got fixated on that last win and they, and they thought, oh, this will be a piece of cake. Why would you think that? Because you're too focused on what's behind. Too focused on what's behind. There is no reason to indicate that the next fight is going to be a piece of cake based on the last fight. They're not connected. But in our brains go, yeah, well, yeah. I mean, if I did that, I can do that. That's not wrong, but you can't use this success as some kind of divination for what's coming up. Oh, I succeeded then, I'm going to succeed now. Not if you don't take God with you, you're not. And that's often what we leave behind. We consider what's behind us and go, oh, yeah, oh, well, I won back here. Oh, did you now? 
all by yourself. You won. And too many times believers do that. Well, well, I had a great victory. You had a great victory. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. What's the other variable in that equation that's getting left out as we look forward and go, well, well I did this, I can do that. Oh, can you now? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And God, God just looks at you and goes, okay. Okay. We'll see. That's exactly what happened with those guys after Jericho. They said, well, we're going to go get these guys. And God said, oh, okay, sure, yep. And it's our choice. God's, God's, he's just sitting, waiting. He's got a plan. But if nobody ever comes and asks, well, I guess they're not interested in my plan. They've got their, their own way. Will I just follow what I did Really? Because it's, it's exactly the same this time as last time. You, you've got foresight, do you? You've got, you can see the future to know this one's exactly the same as the last one. And it's just our, it's our flesh and our mind, the arrogance to think, oh, yeah, yeah, no problem. And it's not that it's going to be a problem, it's that we need to involve the correct parties in the consideration. We are not the one that matters in the equation. God is the, God is the one carrying the heavy load in all of our successes. We realize that by now, right? That we're, we're not the ones, you know, we're not, uh, we're not Atlas holding up the earth on our shoulders, you know, that's, that's not us. We're not the one with the weight on us. God is the one that's doing the work. We're just able to tap into what he's doing, and then we can have success through what he's done. It's, it's not us. But we do need to angle ourselves to take advantage of what he's done, and that's, we do that by involving him, <laughs> by going to him and saying, okay, God, here's what we got, which he already knew. But we got to go to him and ask anyway. The Bible says he knows what you're going to ask for before you ask it. But what does it say? But ask. It doesn't mean, no, just go ahead and do whatever because God's got you. No, no. Because it's not that God isn't able. It's that we need to properly situate ourselves in the pyramid of how this thing works. I am not the boss. And that's what we constantly have to remind ourselves when it comes to the decision-making. God always needs to be involved. Always. He is the navigator. That's why those guys existed on boats in the past. Because they knew what they were doing and the captain didn't always know what they were doing. So they went to him and said, hey, where, uh, how do we get over here? And he would direct them. He would look at the stars and navigate via maps and all kinds of stuff. And get them where they needed to go. But if you didn't ask, you end up wherever. You end up thinking you're in India and you're in North America. We know a guy who did that, right? <clears throat> but we always must look forward. And the other side of that is failures. Failures. Oftentimes, people fail. Often. <laughs> Myself included in that discussion. But what doesn't help is fixating on the failure. It's just, 
getting lost in, in whatever emotion, despair or sadness or anxiety or whatever, that is involved with failure. Yeah, you failed. But getting stuck on that doesn't, doesn't help you move forward. And that's in any, it doesn't matter the situation. Fixating on that thing does you no good when you're looking to move forward. It can do nothing but hurt. Nothing. The only consideration of failures that needs to be done is, God, where did I go wrong? Where did I go wrong? And when we make that consideration, that's the last thing we need to think about it for. I've had to have this discussion, I can't tell you how many times with my kids. Because kids get, kids get fixated. Well, this, this thing broke. Well, this, I lost this thing. Well, I spent money and the money I spent on this thing, it broke and I wasted my money. It's like, I understand that. But getting stuck on that, you can't fix it. There's nothing you can do that's going to change what happened. The only thing you can do something about is what's ahead of you. And if you let this failure dictate to you from the past and continue to absorb your attention, it will repeat itself in the future because you're so fixated on it and your flesh will get so obsessed with trying to avoid it that it will bring it about again. Why? Because the fear will be there. The fear of it will be there. And no matter what you do, if you do it in fear, you will fail. You will fail. So getting stuck on failures is not not conducive to moving ahead and being successful. Because the two are not connected at all. Just because you failed yesterday does not mean you have to fail today. The devil tries to tell you that it does, because he tries to tell you that you are a failure, which is not true. You did fail. That's true. That's a fact. You are not a failure. Because God hasn't called you a failure. So you are not one. Something did happen. That's true. And you can't change it. You can't reach back in time and change the thing that happened. What you can do is alter your course forward by going to God and going, look, and it, and it might have been something out of your control. And those are usually the ones that really spend, send people to, through a tailspin. Something really bad happens and they didn't have a hand in it. You know, a sibling or a loved one dies or a child or a family member or, you know, and you had no hand in it. But it sends them into a tailspin because they can't, they can't look at that thing and go, I can't do anything about that. And then just move forward. And worse, people blame God for that stuff. And we've been over that before. That's because people don't know God. Had to have that conversation with my kids when we were watching a TV show. And the family on the TV is an old, old Baptist family from back in the, I think it's, I think it's in the late 80s, early 90s is when the show took place. And, and a young person died. And the mom said, oh, it's, it was God's plan. And I looked right at my kids and I said, that is not God's plan. God's plan is not that any should perish. It's not his will that anybody should perish for any reason. 
So he's not engineering death. He doesn't do that. But people get eaten up by that. It consumes them and destroys them because they become fixated. Instead of, instead of looking forward and going, hmm, maybe I should find out. Maybe I should move ahead and find out more about what happened and find an answer. But instead, they get stuck on this thing that happened. I just can't believe that happened. I don't know why that happened. You could find out. But you have to move forward to find out. You can't continually look backward and get stuck on this thing if you want to get the answer. God will give you the answer if you look, but you've got to move forward. Because getting anything for God from God requires pursuit. And pursuit by definition requires movement. <laughs> by definition requires movement. And most of the time, the answer comes, and we feel real goofy because it's our own stupidity that drove us to think the thing that we thought. Our own ignorance. And the enemy, who just loves blaming stuff on God. When it's, it's, it's him all along. And that's what I told my kids. I said, that's, a lot of people believe that then, still believe that now, because they don't believe in an enemy. For some reason, they read the Bible, and they believe God, and they believe all the stuff that God does, but they don't believe in the devil. Right. Like, I don't understand this. He's in the same book. In the same book. It talks about the enemy that is constantly at war with the brethren, yeah. but we, that part gets disregarded. But that's part of being fixated on the past. We've got to be willing to move forward. And part of willing to move forward is taking responsibility for those things that we have to. And we've, we've been over that before because you, you can't move forward and be in control and not take responsibility. And go, I may, I may not, because I've had to do that lots of times. I've had, I've, when I was younger, Friends of mine died my age. Classmates died. And it, it wrecked me. It wrecked me. Because I didn't understand. I, I, I didn't get it. And I'm like, God, how? But I continued to move forward. I continued to move forward. And then I learned. And it was brought to my attention. And I received revelation. And I went, oh. Doesn't solve the grief that you feel for the loss, but it allows you to move forward and be effective for God without getting stuck on that thing. Because I could have got stuck. Could have been stuck on that for years. She was a close friend and she died. And it hurt. But what am I going to do about it? It's not no good for what God wants me to do for me to get stuck here. It's sad, yes, but I can't do anything about that. I can't change it. All I can do is move forward and help, people, help that not happen to other people by sharing Jesus with them and saying, hey, you know all this bad stuff that happens? It can be avoided. Yeah. There is somebody out there who's interested in keeping you safe and keeping you healthy and keeping you alive if you want to get to know him. Instead of, oh, woe is us, there's no control, and 
uh, whatever will be, will be, and it's, we all have a time. No, thank you. No, thank you. I'll keep my ticket. I'll get it punched when I'm ready for it to get punched. I'll go when I'm good and ready. I'm not going any time before. But you only get that by not allowing those things to consume you. Go to Romans 8. Romans chapter 8. Romans 8. Romans 8. One. <clears throat> one thing that a lot of people get stuck on when it comes to failures in the past is the guilt that comes with failing, especially if it's your fault, if you goofed. It's not fun <laughs> to realize that what happened is your fault, but it also lends uh, control. Because if it's your fault, you, can, you and God can fix it. But what the enemy does is he brings condemnation. And your flesh and your mind can bring condemnation. And we're told here that there is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus, who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. We don't have any reason to be condemned for anything that we do. Even if, you, even if you sin, there's no condemnation. We're told to go to, to go to God and ask for forgiveness. And he's what? He's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us of our trespasses. And then what do we do? We repent. Repent is not words. Repent is action. Repent is moving forward and making whatever corrective measures we need to make to make sure that doesn't happen again. That's where the forward momentum matters. Instead of letting the devil guilt us into, oh man, I'm, I don't, I'm such a no good nobody. You know, I, I did this thing. I got drunk again. I did drugs again. I slept with another woman again. I did this. I did that. No. Just because you failed, what did we say? You are not a failure. That's right. You failed. Fact. Getting stuck on that doesn't help you succeed tomorrow. Doesn't help you move forward with God tomorrow. He's not interested in your failures. That's right. He gave his son, knowing good and well, what we did. The sorry, no good people that we were, he knew. He saw it. And he gave Jesus anyway. And he said, I know you can do better. And then what did he do? He told us to do better. What did he tell that lady that was caught, that, that was caught in adultery? He didn't go, you're such a no good nobody, you sorry cur, you did this. No, what did he say? I don't condemn you. Go and sin no more. It means I know what you did. He didn't say, oh, I think those guys, don't, don't worry about it. No. He said, don't. Do it again. And that's God's interest as far as our sin is concerned, too. Doesn't want you to get stuck on it. He's going to look at you and go, don't do it again. Move forward. Don't let it consume you. And it doesn't matter what it is. Lots of times, you know, you'll we'll put, put God's things off. Just be like, well, I'm too busy. I don't have time for this. Whatever the reason is. We put it off, we put it off, we put it off, we put it off. We miss opportunity. 
And the devil goes, you call yourself a Christian. You don't follow God. You just all talk. You ain't got nothing. Anybody heard that voice before? Well, what is that? That's, that's him trying to get you to turn around and focus on what's behind you. Well, I did. I wasted all that time. If you're considering all the time that was wasted, what are we now doing? Wasting more time. Because there's, we've only got so much of it. It's the only currency we can't get more of. You can't get more. You can go earn more money. You can go get a new car. You can go get a new house. You cannot get more time. So it's the, really the most valuable commodity that we have. So don't let him convince you to waste more of it by looking at the things that we've messed up in the past. Just admit it and quit it. Just say, look, I, I know it. Go to God. You don't even have to talk to the devil. He's, what's, he, what's talking to him going to do you? That just gives him more opportunity to talk back to you. Just go talk to God. He's the one you need to be discussing things with anyway. You need to go and ask for forgiveness, and then you need to repent. And the repentance is going to have a lot to do with him because he's going to have to show you how to get out of the mess that you're in. Because I've had to do, I speak from experience now, y'all. <laughs> I speak from whence I know. You've got to go to him to find the road out and then stick to it. Don't let the devil come and say, oh, yeah, but remember that time. No, I don't remember that time. I'm not going to take the time to remember it. I'm going to press ahead with what I, I'm too busy to look back. I've got more ahead of me than there is behind me, and I've got more to do. So I don't have time to sit here and chit-chat with you about how I messed up in the past. Yes, I messed up, but God forgave me, and I'm moving on. I've got too much to do to be looking over my shoulder thinking about the things that are behind me. God has forgiven us. What else matters? What else matters? I can't change. I can't go back and change those. You know, if I wasted time, I can't change that. There's nothing I can do about that. What I can do is look forward and go, God, I believe that somehow, somehow you will restore that time to me. I don't know how you're going to do it, but I'm going to follow you and I'm going to believe that you're going to do it. Because you are a restorer. I'm just going to follow after you and do what you tell me to do, and I'm going to stay on the path. That's all you can do. Go to Matthew 6, verse 27. Because this is where people get hung up. Because they do, they do mess up. They fail. I won't ask for a raise of hands. But they, they mess up and they fail. They miss, they miss opportunities. All, all sorts of things can happen. And then they start getting worried. Matthew chapter 6, verse 27. They start getting worried. What am I going to do? I don't, I don't. And they get stuck in the past. Well, I wasted so much time. I don't know if, I don't know if this, I don't know if that. And Jesus, Jesus talked about this. This is when he was talking to his disciples and other folks. And he was talking about, don't be like the world is, worried about what they're going to eat and what they're going to wear and everything else. And he said here, he said, which of you by worrying can add one cubit to his stature? How, you can't add an inch to your height worrying about it. You can't. 
There's nothing you can do about it. And that's exactly the same way, same principle we need to look at when it comes to things in our past. It's not anything I can do. Worrying about it does me no good. It doesn't. There's nothing I can do about it. But if I spend the time worrying, I am compounding the problem. Because now I'm spending my now I'm spending this time that I have now in front of me on something that I can do nothing about. When I should be going to God and saying, God, what's the next step? Where do I need to go? How do I how do I how do I work my way out of this problem that I have found myself in? Look ahead. Look forward. The Bible tells us repeatedly in many passages to fix your eyes ahead. Don't turn to the right or to the left. Keep your eyes on the path in front of you. Why? Because everything else is a distraction. If we know what God wants us to be doing, if we're considering anything else, it's a distraction. Because he's already told us what he wants us to do. We already know what God wants us to do. And if you don't, that's the first step. That's the first step. If you don't know what God wants you to do, the first step is going and acknowledging him and going, God, what do I do? And I hope everybody is, is wise enough to understand that he will tell you. The other side of that is preparing yourself to hear what he has to say. Because if it's been a while, if we've been, if that road where we were ignoring his commands and his edicts for a long time, if that was a long road, we spend lots of time doing that. We got to gird up our loins because he's going to tell us to do something and it's not going to be a happy day for our flesh and our emotions, most likely. Because it's not going to be something that's going to be a whole lot of fun for them. Because it's going to involve discipline, self-discipline, <laughs> and it's going to involve self-control. Two of the flesh's favorite things. It's going to involve a lot of. Because we've got to be able to, the, 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 whole, the whole point of looking ahead and fixing your gaze is you've got to be disciplined enough to do it. The devil is, anybody know that the devil is good at distractions? The devil is good at distractions. That's because he watches us and listens to us all the time. You know how your phone listens to you and you talk about something? <laughs> My wife just did it the other day. She, it was just yesterday, too. She, we were talking about it. We went to a birthday party. She was talking about it in the car. She said, I have got to find some new pajamas to wear. And it wasn't but two hours later, she was on her, I forget if it was Facebook or one of them things, and nothing but pajama ads, pajama ads, pajama ads, pajama ads, pajama ads. And she goes, it's so creepy. And I'm like, yeah, it is. It is pretty creepy. <clears throat> the devil is a hundred times that. He listens to every single word you say and sees everything that you do. And he goes, oh, that's your button, is it? Well, I'm going to make sure I bring that thing around again and again and again and again. Why do you think every time your flesh is weak and you're like, you know what sounds great? Ice cream. You go to the store, there's ice cream everywhere. Every end cap. It's all ice cream, ice cream, ice cream. It's like, uh, the devil knows. The devil knows. You walk out the door the morning on your last nerve from whatever happened in the morning, and you get behind every slow person, you hit every red light, you hit everything, everything. Why? Because he knows. He knows. He knows. 
We had a guy in Northport, was it last week? I think it was last week or the week before. I work in insurance for those of you that don't know. We had a customer that was driving down the road and somebody, he's like, I still don't know what I did. He, he pulled out into traffic and somebody shot at him. Was in an, from another car, shot at him in his car. He's like, I'm, I don't know what I did. I don't think I pulled out in front of anybody. I, didn't, I don't think I cut anybody off. He's like, I don't know. And my first thought was, how hot do you have to be? I mean, you got to be redlining it to think in traffic, I'm just going to pull my gun out and shoot at this guy. I mean, you have got to be running hot. But the devil makes sure. The devil makes sure. And now that guy, they caught him. He's going to jail for a long time. Long time. Young guy, like early 20s. He's going to jail for a long time. One choice. One, one choice. With a little bit of no self-control, with a little bit of no discipline. Ruined. Ruined. But that could be us. But for the grace of God, there go I. But that's the point, is we, mu- we have to discipline ourselves and keep our eyes ahead and go, no, I'm not going to be distracted by that thing. I'm not going to be distracted by that thing. Even if you've got to take a minute and breathe and pray in tongues and go, nope, nope, I'm keeping my eyes ahead, I'm keeping my eyes focused ahead. It's not worth getting embroiled in something that I'm going to regret later simply by not keeping my eyes focused ahead. Because that's, that's how adultery starts. That's how fornication starts. That's how addiction starts. That's how all that stuff starts. It's that thought, oh, just a little bit will be okay. Uh-huh. Well, what is that? Distraction. It's a distraction. I'm so stressed. Just, just a couple of beers. Just a couple of beers to take the edge off. Just the one, just the one Xanax, the one Oxy, the one this, the one that. Just the one extramarital partner, just to take the edge off. Just need a little excitement. Why? Distraction. Distraction. (laughs) It amuses me every time I hear people falling in and falling out of love. It's like, no, you treat love, it's not a baseball. You don't catch it and then, oh, it's, I, I threw it and it's gone. No, it's, it's not. Love is, love is a choice. Well, you listen to people talk and you think that it's like a rabbit. Well, I caught it and then it ran away and it's gone. Well, well what kind of life are you living? I mean, are, are, do you love this person or not? Well, the feelings aren't there. Well, guess what? I don't feel like I love my wife every single day of, of the year. I just don't. Some days I wake up and I don't love anybody. I'm just like, I'm done with everybody today. But what do I do? I keep my eyes forward and I don't, I don't hurt anybody. I just keep my mouth shut. The old adage, you don't got nothing nice to say. You don't say nothing. Just keep your mouth shut. Because you know where that adage dovetails? It dovetails with you reap what you sow. So keep your mouth shut. Keep it shut. And even though I don't feel like loving anybody, doesn't mean I don't still make the choice to love them. Why? Because I realize that my feelings are fleeting things. My feelings are not how I live my life. The one who does that has a, oh, I can't even imagine how bad of a life. 
that must be to live by the, the, the emotions that change on, a, change on a whim. You could be having the best day of your life and a bird poops on you as it flies overhead and your day is destroyed, just destroyed. Your new sh favorite shirt is wrecked. I was going somewhere and I got to go home and change. Destroyed in two seconds. That's how your emotions work. It takes nothing, nothing. But when we fix our eyes and we go, no, no. I've got something to do and I'm going to do it. That's the kind of attention and focus that we have to have. Don't get buried as we come into this new year. I don't care if you took the entire year and just wasted the entire year. Don't get stuck on it. Look forward and go, God, I'm sorry. I messed up. Help me. Help me enter this new year and do what I need to do coming into this new year. Help me see the path forward into what you have for me. Help me. And he will. And he will. But we've got to be willing to do the work that's required. To keep ourselves disciplined, to keep our emotions under control. Because it's my choice whether I look back or not. The devil will come with distractions. Your flesh will come with the woe is me moments. It's our choice. Am I going to deny those things and say, no, no, I'm focused on what's ahead. I'm focused on what's, I'm, I realize I might have made mistakes, but that doesn't do me any good in pressing forward. So I'm going to focus on what's ahead and do what God wants me to do. Amen? Amen. Father, we thank you for your word this morning. We thank you that as we enter into this new year, we look to you for guidance, for leadership, to see what it is you have for us to do in this new year, the directions you have for us to take, the missions you have in front of us. And we open our hearts to hear that from you and we set ourselves to follow after you. Set ourselves to not get stuck in the past, but to look forward into what you have for us in the future. That we, if, if it's so called for, we ask for forgiveness, Father. And we set ourselves in, in the movement of repentance. That we will move forward on the path that you dictate for us. And we thank you for it. In your name. And Father, we bring our giving to you this morning. Because as one of the systems that you've laid out into your word that, that gives us that path forward. You open the channel of giving to us, that we might give and it come back to us, pressed down, shaken together and running over, that men will give into our bosom so that we can further the kingdom, that the gospel will go forth with power, with the funding of the, king, with the, funding of the people of God behind it. And we thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. If you need envelopes to give, they're on the seat backs in front of you, or the usher can hand you one. If you joined us on live stream this morning, thank you so much. Uh, Hope you had a good time listening to the message and didn't drop your coffee or anything like that. But um, if you'd like to give, you can go to newlifefamilyworship.net and use the giving link. And you can, you'll get a receipt there once you do that. And reach out to us on uh, social media or email, praise reports or prayer requests or what have you. We love to hear from you all out there and we, uh, we appreciate you. And we'll see you here in just a little bit.